example, I have um, a customer happiness manager. Her name is Vicky. She's awesome, right? And she uh, is Canadian. She moved to Mexico because she loves. She wants to surf. She likes the chill lifestyle. Um, and because we're remote, that attracted her to the job, right? She doesn't want to come to LA. She doesn't want to move somewhere and be stationary. She wants the best of both worlds. Um, so I think we're able to attract very great talent because we're remote and because people work from home or wherever they want. What's up, everyone? My name is Mikko Kraszowski, and welcome to That Remote Show, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. And today is a really exciting day because this is episode number 10. You guys, we did it. We hit double digits, and I want to take a quick second and say thank you to everyone who has tuned in to an episode so far or left a review, and thank you for all the support. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm so excited to keep doing this show for you guys. Uh, and to celebrate episode 10, I have a really cool interview for you with Neil Parekh from Made This. And the reason this is such an interesting interview is that when you think about a location-independent business or someone who is a digital nomad, an entrepreneur, you imagine they probably have some sort of online business like an e-commerce store, a digital agency, or something else that is run entirely on the internet. But my guest today does not have one of these businesses. In fact, it might be one of the least digital nomad sounding businesses out there. Neil is the CEO and founder of Made This, which is a West Coast-based cleaning company specifically focused on the Airbnb market. So he employs cleaners who go to Airbnb properties and cleans them in preparation for the next guest. The reason this is so incredible is that even though this is very much an in-person type of business, Neil has been able to structure it in such a way that a lot of his staff is still distributed and he himself has been able to run this business from all over the world in the last few years. So you guys, this is not an episode that you wanna miss. We cover everything from how Neil started the business, where he finds his employees and how he actually has made the fact that they're distributed into a huge benefit to the company. And we also touch on some of Neil's favorite digital nomad destinations and his top tips for aspiring location independent entrepreneurs. You guys, I hope you're as excited for this as I was to do this interview. And let's jump right into it with Neil Parekh from madethis.com. All right, well, Neil, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? All right, man, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Now, I'm super excited to have you on the show because you run a type of business that I personally have never heard of anybody running remotely in the past, so I'm super excited to talk about that. But can you just very briefly tell us what that business is called and what you actually do? Yeah, sure. And, and by the way, thanks for having me uh, on over here. It's always pretty fun uh, to chat with you. So thanks for that. Uh, I have a company called Made This Cleaning. So uh, as opposed to maybe most online businesses, we are a local cleaning company. So I actually have cleaners uh, in, in local cities. So I'm actually in Los Angeles and the company, as we're in three different cities now, but it's headquartered in Los Angeles. That is so cool. Just just goes to show that like nowadays you can do anything remotely. And I want to hear all about you know how you started the business and 
you know, how you operate it and what your life is like now. But before we get into all of that, I really want to touch upon what your life was like before that. Um, what were you doing before you started made this? Sure. So I actually had a corporate job. So I worked in finance. Um, so very standard out of my cubicle at work and went in, I had to work and I worked in um, the venture capital field. So we were investing uh, in companies and um, yeah, started there right out of college. I was there for four years in Los Angeles. It, it was good. I, I learned a ton over there. I liked the people I work with, uh, but I always knew I wanted to work remotely. So that's how the shift happened uh, to me discovering what I wanted to do. But yeah, I worked normal corporate job, nothing to do with online marketing, nothing like that. What was a, uh... You know, when when I hear VC, I always think about, you know, like startups and all that awesome, exciting stuff. What did you pick mm-hmm. up from that world and, you know, your kind of background in that that it, that helped you in, you know, running and starting Made This? Yeah, I think um, that's a good question, actually. Honestly, the so being part of the venture capital world is cool because we get a, a peek inside the business and how they run. A lot of the businesses I was looking at were a lot larger than you know, even what I have. So there's a certain aspect you can learn from just how businesses are set up. Honestly, I think the skill I learned uh, the best was, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, my job there was just finding deals. So I, I would um, I would have to just pick up the phone and call a lot of companies, send them cold emails, get on calls with them, and build a relationship with the owners of the company. So funny enough, that the skills which I think have served me best are the ones around um sales Hmm. honestly so that's that's what helped me out the most that's so cool that's awesome so what were you you know how did the idea for made this first come up you know like you're working in the vc world and everything that you're looking to get out and you know have a remote business why do a cleaning business that just you know that doesn't bring up the idea of you know a remote online business why, why go into that direction? So it, I wish I could say I was a genius and thought about this at the beginning, but that's not the truth at all. Maybe later on in my life, I'll change it and say I was absolutely genius and <laughs> came up with that. That's yeah. not how it was. I was, I was trying everything. I mean, I, I was like, I was in my cubicle at work and, you know, just typing in and uh, how to become remote. You know, you, you go online and you see a picture of a dude on a beach typing on this laptop. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. How do I do it? See, so first, of course, what I do, do is how do I become a digital nomad? How do I work remotely? You just type all these things into Google. Um, and what came out of that was a lot of uh, digital marketing, open up an e-commerce store. At the time, microblogging was popular. So I was looking into that. So I was trying kind of everything. Um, then I came across this post on Reddit. Have you, you know what Reddit is? Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, Reddit is basically a website where you could waste a lot of time and go online and look at anything of interest to you. So I was on the subreddit uh, entrepreneur and the top post was this dude who started um, a cleaning company and he had posted the steps on it. So I was like, you know what the hell, I could probably do this. He posted the steps and I started to follow it and it started to work and it started to pick up steam. Um, And, you know, at the time I thought this was maybe something else I would do. I didn't think that this could be a local or a, a remote business because I thought I had to do e-commerce, microblogging, marketing, something like that. Um, so it kind of kept growing organically, and it was just one of the things I started myself. Mm, yeah, you know, it's. I'm curious about. Obviously, you run the company remotely now, but 
do you think that you could, and you know, you were running it there in person when you were first starting it, but do you think now looking back, do you think that it's something that you could have been running remotely from the very beginning, or do you feel like you needed to be there right at the start? I think knowing what I know now, I will be able to set up, let's say I was open up another cleaning company. I think we get it, get it remote from the beginning. Mm. At the time, um, I think it would have been hard for me to do that. Um, but you know, like, like they say, innovation comes from necessity, right? So I knew I wanted to travel. So I knew I had to make the company remote somehow. And that's why I was able to make it remote and figure out how to do it. Um, so I think the answer is now I think, yeah, it totally is possible to do it. At the time, I I didn't know it was possible, so I just never tried it. Um, mm. So I think back then I would not have been able to, but now I think I can. What do, you, do you mind sharing what some of those things that you know now that would have made it easier for you to start it in a remote way, what are what are some of those things that you feel like you were missing back then? Yeah, definitely. So, um, so uh, I, I guess I'll go back a little bit. The difference between a local business and an online business is that you actually have physical people, at least in my case, physical people mm-hmm. on grounds doing stuff. The build a relationship with these people. You have to maybe interview them. So for us, we have cleaners. We put them through a long vetting process to interview them, right? At the beginning, I was doing that. I was going to Starbucks or Coffee Bean and sitting down and interviewing cleaners constantly, uh-huh. right? And that's because I was I didn't want to spend the money to hire someone to do that for me, right? Um, at, at least that was at the beginning. So that's how I kind of got picked up. But if if I think about it, that was kind of the only thing I needed to be physically there for. Everything else was like I was maybe running around a little bit just to check on some new customers re-signed up and stuff like that. But the only thing I was physically there for was uh, the cleaner hiring process, right? Mm. So if I had an actual system um, to teach someone how to hire cleaners, how to conduct group interviews, things like that, I wouldn't need to be there at all. But for the first year or two, it was myself and someone else who were doing the group interviews. And that was the main reason uh, I could not be remote. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, okay, let's yeah. I really want to refocus here and talk about, because I feel like we kind of just jumped over this. Like, what do you actually do? Like, what has made this actually do? Like, what is your bread and butter? And like, yeah, how do you guys make money? Like, I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we should have talked about that. Uh, made this is a local cleaning company. So uh, let me go if you're online and you're like, and right now I think you're in Cincinnati. You type in, correct. Uh, I need a cleaner Cincinnati. Um and you know, a list will pop up on Google, you click one. Same thing for us. We just do tons of online marketing. People get to our website and then they fill out a booking form and they can schedule cleaning. Now there's some different things of like what we're specialized in, uh, but in short, that's what we do is we offer cleaning services um, for people in, in a package form. Um, what we now specialize in is what I call Airbnb cleaning, meaning uh, if you have a Airbnb, if, if, you have a, if you're a host and you have a home, one guest checks out the 11, next one checks in at three, a bunch of stuff has to happen in between that time. Uh, cleaning, check for damage, replacing inventory, things like that. Uh, that's a little bit more of a specialty now, but we do both sides of it. So we're currently in uh, Los Angeles. We are in uh, Orange County, which is a little bit south of Los Angeles. We are in the San Francisco and surrounding areas of San Francisco, uh, and we'll probably be expanding um, from there. But right now it's just California based. Why specialize in Airbnb? Uh, again, I wish I could say it was a genius idea. It's kind, of, it's kind of, I feel like a lot of things you just kind of fall into just by getting started. And I think maybe that's the biggest takeaway is if you just do something, you'll figure out where the holes are and what needs to get plugged. So I started the cleaning company, uh, because I saw something online. I was trying to have a bunch of stuff. People started calling. Then so other people started calling about, Hey, can you clean my Airbnb? And at first I said, that's not what we do at all. Then when I 
I looked into it a bit more. I found that it was a little bit more niche, a little bit more specialized. And I feel like with any industry, if you can be as niche as possible and specialize in one thing, the marketing is a lot easier and it's easier to get clients. So for us, we decided we should just specialize our niche and build all of our processes and our trainings and systems around the one niche of Airbnb cleaning. And that's just what we did, right? Mm -hmm. There's other cleaning companies who have another niche. Like I know a cleaning company was a niche around pet owners. And they just have a website geared towards that. They bring goodies with them when they go to the homes for the pets. And anyone who's a pet owner will 100% go to them instead of us if they see their website, right? So it's really just about picking your niche and diving deep into it so you can market better. Mm, yeah. Now, do you feel like um, – and the reason why I asked this question is I have a friend, uh, Travis, who – owns a bunch of properties and he has decided to instead of you know renting these properties out long term he rents them out on airbnb and he said that one of the main reasons why he does that is because he loves travel and he feels like that aligns with him more do you do you did you have a similar thought process when you were going with airbnb or was it just all about you know like the opportunity and the sort of like niche that you discovered there um yeah Candidly, that was not what I thought <laughs> in terms okay. of traveling in Airbnb. I guess it, it loops together. Uh, all, all I wanted at the time to travel and to be remote and to be a nomad was I want to be able to do this from anywhere. Whether it's mm -hmm. a regular cleaning company, whether it's an Airbnb cleaning company, I don't care. I just want to be able to do it from anywhere. Now, it just so happens that our specialty can be Airbnb um, cleaning, and that's kind of what we decided on. But I don't know if my, my lust for travel and the fact that we're doing Airbnb cleaning relates, even though they're both definitely in the travel niche. Um, I know a lot of people who actually are able to travel by getting a, one or two homes and renting it out on Airbnb, mm -hmm. making money from that, and they could do that remotely and then travel. So we have, for example, nomads who work with us and they have properties and they want to do it remotely. So we say, cool, just sign up with us for your turnovers. We'll handle that part. You go to Colombia, you go to Budapest, and you can manage it from there. And so we kind of help them enable to do that. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say at least for my decision to do Airbnb, I don't think it was really related to travel. Gotcha. I think that that's a really good segue into, because I'm super curious to understand exactly how your business functions in a remote way. Because, you know, like you mentioned, if we talk about an e-commerce store or something like that, it's pretty common sense. Like, I, you know, most people will understand how that works remotely. But how does your company action actually like function in a remote way? Like, how do you, how have you set it up so that it's successful remotely? Sure. So, um, and what I'm going to say is I'm sure there's people who solve the way to have a local company completely remote. Um, and part of our operations is like that. Uh, I'll say what I feel is the best way to set mm -hmm. up a local a remote local company. Sure. Um, we have one local manager who d conducts the, uh, in-person interviews with the cleaners and it's just kind of on the grounds for things as needed, right? Let's say if there's a property manager who really wants to meet, we could send this person to interview the cleaners and the person. Sometimes it is better to have a face-to-face -face with somebody, and there is value in that. Um, the rest of the operations, though, um, are all done remotely, and the way I set it up is um, obviously the cleaners are on the ground, and I'm in California. A lot of the cleaners speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. So we hire uh, the manager of the cleaners in Hispanic-speaking countries. So we have a team of four in Honduras, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so if a cleaner calls and says calls for a problem or an issue, that routes to my team in Honduras, and they're the ones troubleshooting the problem for them. Mm -hmm. Right? Then we have um, if customers call for sales, uh, my head sales guy is based over in South Africa. Now, if you think about South Africa, 
uh, that very cool accents that kind of sound like British accents. Americans love accents for whatever reason. So the, it's an extra strength that the call routes to him and he's in South Africa and he can speak with them. Um, but if you look at the function of all of these things, nothing really needs to be – you don't need to be present for anything, right? I have one local manager who does the stuff I need to do locally, but everything else can be just done everywhere. So mm-hmm. we have a team of four in Honduras, a team of uh, four in South Africa. We have someone in India. We have someone in Mexico. So if you think about the functions of most companies, a lot of times people just go into an office and work from a computer anyway. A screen is a screen. Um, it doesn't really matter. So for a local company, it's it's – you know, similar, except you probably have to have more set business hours to manage the cleaner labor force, and that's about it. So, does does it answer your question or, or what yeah, you're asking? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I I was just gonna ask, you know, because um, you talked about, you know, you have a team in Honduras and you have a team in South Africa and in India. How do you? And obviously, you know, the bulk of your business is happening in California. So, how do you deal with the time difference there? Uh, oh, it's easy. We just say these are business hours. You have to work it. So, um, it's yeah, yeah. It, it's easier. Yeah, we have to do that, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It's easier um, to hire for us in Latin America because it's only you know one to right. three hour time difference. Um, for the team in South Africa, for example, it is uh, I think an eight to nine hour difference. So you know they're working on their nighttime. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you know, I think for any business which is dependent on business hours, you just have to be a bit strict with what you're looking for and figure out where the talent is. There's some jobs like accounting. The person's in India. It doesn't really matter when right. accounting happens. That could be done anytime, right? You just sure. charge a customer. When you charge a customer, it's okay. Um, so I think for different functions of the job, the time, uh, the business hours are very key. For other functions, it doesn't matter as much. Mm-hmm. Where and how did you find your remote employees? Uh, I mean, there's a ton of really cool websites popping up now. Um, so I think the most I found from Upwork okay. and Outsourcely.com. Um, I've also just hired someone from DynamiteJobs.com, um, which is really good. So a lot of these uh, different uh, forms are popping up. I think JobRack is one to find someone in Eastern Europe. Um, but you know, for different types of people, you go to different places. Um, I feel like Dynamite Jobs, for example, I think the the quality of the candidates is going to be a little bit higher. Um, most, I think most people come from Western world. Uh, they're going to be a little bit more expensive. Upwork, you're going to get everyone, so you just have to sift through it. Uh, I have a specific process when I'm trying to find people. Um, so, for example, when I post a job on Upwork, I always write in there, you have to reply with the word peanut butter. Or you have to reply with the word... Uh, pineapple should not be on pizza. Anything to vet them, right? So when people apply, then it's an extra layer of like, okay, did you actually say peanut butter in your application? If not, I'm just gonna throw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's different tricks you could do to actually vet uh, international applicants to make sure you're, not, you're just not getting everything. But yeah, there's there's tons of job sites out there now where you can find remote talent. Gotcha, gotcha. What um, how has like I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked about the fact that you wanted to be remote, but do you feel like actually running your business remotely has helped your business grow in a way that if it, if you, if you hadn't set it up in a remote way, it wouldn't have? Uh, yeah, 100%. And honestly, I think it's be, uh, based on, uh, the talent around the world in my operations team. Right. So I think we could get very talented people who want to live for their own lifestyle to work for us who normally wouldn't. Um, I guess to give an example, I have um, a customer happiness manager. Her name is Vicky. She's awesome. 
right? And she uh, is Canadian. She moved to Mexico because she loves, she wants to surf. She likes the chill lifestyle. Um, and because we're remote, that attracted her to the job, right? She doesn't want to come to LA. She doesn't want to move somewhere and be stationary. She wants the best of both worlds. Um, so I think we're able to attract very great talent because we're remote and because people work from home or wherever they want. Um, so getting the talent and uh, having it more flexible just lets us attract better talent to help us grow. So that that's definitely, I think, the number one benefit. Mm. You know, you, you've you been doing this now for how many years that you've been running Made This? Um, oh, it's about five years now. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're, you know, you've been working yeah. on this for five years. You've kind of gone through a lot of the first, you know, growing pains. You're remote. You're you're doing what you want to be doing. What does life look like for you now that you run this remote company? Like, what does a day uh, look like for you, an average day? Yeah. And um, so I like working. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I my ideal day is uh, I wake up and I'm not a morning person. Let's say start my day around, uh, I get into the office around 10 but the office, it's kind of whatever co-working place I signed up for in whatever country I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get to the office around 10. Maybe I work till 5. Then I'll go check out something um, in whatever whatever region I'm in, something local, something more fun to do. So honestly, the day looks kind of normal, I guess. I think it would only change depending what time zone I'm in. So for example, I was living in Budapest for three months. Nice. And um, that's, that's eight hours ahead of Los Angeles. I work on Los Angeles time. So... Therefore, what I would do is I'd wake up in the morning, do a little bit of work, um, then go do some sightseeing and exploration. And then around four or five o'clock when Los Angeles is waking up, that's when I'd hop on my laptop and do my real work. Um, So I think the flexibility is quite nice. And, you know, if I just go explore a different country, I could kind of just plan my day around it. Uh, But if I'm just stationary, like right now I'm in Los Angeles, um, for example, normal day I come into the co-working space around 10, maybe leave at between five to seven, or if I want to get ambitious, I'll leave later. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty standard process, I guess. Mm, yeah. I, you know, it's when I was, um, so I spent my summers in Eastern Europe and Bulgaria and like, I actually love working with that time difference because what it allows me mm-hmm. to do is to have the first couple of hours of the day when I'm most productive and nobody's slacking me, right? I have just like quiet yeah. time for me to get the big work done and then everybody else like jumps in and I've already gotten everything done. So I definitely, you know, sometimes I think most people look at time differences as a problem, but they can actually have a benefit to them as well, which is uh, really, really nice. So yeah. I'm totally, totally with you on that. I think my idea was like three to five hours ahead because I'm not a morning person either, but I want it mm-hmm. to be quiet in the morning. So three to five hours ahead, same thing as you said, get up in the morning, have a chill morning. No one's bugging you. You get your work done and then office opens up. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, for sure. Where have been, you know, you're, you're obviously free to travel around and go wherever you want to go. Where have been some of your favorite places that you've, you know, worked and lived at? Ooh, good question. Um, it's interesting after, um, so I've been remote and doing this lifestyle for maybe three and a half years now. Um, and it, it's interesting how, uh, it changes depending on what stage you are, at mm-hmm. the, right? So yeah. at the beginning I was traveling fast. I started in Colombia and just worked my way down the South through South America in three months. You're just traveling fast. You're doing the hostel backpacker lifestyle. Everything's fun. And kind of, as you go through it, you kind of slow down and you start valuing, staying in one place longer or, you know, building more of a community in different places. So I think 
Um, my favorite places in terms of just adventure have been South America. You know, I loved Patagonia, loved Colombia. Um, that's been awesome. And in terms of just good community, which is kind of what I'm looking for now, I think it'd be more, I'd say, the nomad hotspots, which would mm-hmm. be, let's say, like Lisbon or Barcelona or Budapest or even in Thailand. Um, those kind of places where tons of nomads are, it's so easy to meet people and just build a community. Um, so yeah, it's, I still love Latin America because that's kind of where I started my nomad journey. And now uh, a combo of that plus probably uh, Eastern Europe is my favorite. Mm-hmm. When you talk about community, what about, like, what is it, what does a community need to have for you to feel attracted to it? Ah, uh, ooh, that's a, that's a deep, piercing question. <laughs> take take me, your time, sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think for a community, it would need to be like-minded people who kind of have the same mentality. You know, mm-hmm. um, give an example, like if I'm in Los Angeles or if I'm in San Francisco, you know, I live in Los Angeles right now. Um, I have obviously my group of friends, but a lot of times new people I meet, they're kind of just in a different mindset. Maybe people are trying to get into the industry or people are just doing different things. Um it's fine. It's fine and it's good. It's just hard to have the same wavelength as some people. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes when there's a nomad community, everyone's kind of in the same wavelength. Everyone enjoy understands the value of, of actually living and not just working. Everyone understands they like to travel. Um, everyone's kind of on the same wavelength. So it's just much easier to make a connection with people. So for me, I think a, a community is um, people who are very like-minded in terms of their mentality and values in life. And for me, I've found that mostly – at least currently in, in a lot of the traveler community with the same values of work-life balance. Um, so that's why I say many of the nomad hotspots are my favorite places because you could run into those people more quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. If, if anybody's listening to this and is saying, this sounds awesome, I want to do this as well. Would you recommend that they go kind of like the route that you've gone in starting a local business that you've then sort of, you know, uh, if I can say morphed into a remote business or would you say, no, go for the more like, you know, the, the normal remote type businesses. So the clarify your question you uses, should someone have a local business and make it remote or start mm-hmm. remote? Was that your question? Yeah, correct. Like, like, do you think that there is, um, advantages to going the way that you've gone or, uh, you know, should most people, you know, stay in e-commerce businesses and that kind of stuff? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I, th- I think there's pros and cons of both sides. Um, really, if your goal is to make a business remote um, overall, you should probably start remote because mm-hmm. it's easier to build it when there's no foundation as opposed to rebuilding stuff. Um, I would say I think you probably can learn a bit more just by being local and being around at the beginning so you can see how things work. Like I, I think it was necessary at the time for me to figure out how cleaner hiring worked. Um, and just kind of be around just in case things happen and just to meet people. Um, so for me, it was, it was pretty valuable to do that. But um, then when we shifted it to be remote, I had to figure out a lot of things and rebuild the processes. So mm. if the goal is to be remote, I would say, hey, maybe start remote and just be very, very buttoned up. You have to be more buttoned up when you're remote because um, you're not going to be in the ground um, to actually catch gaps, basically. Mm-hmm. What are your top tips for anybody who wants to go down this road that you've learned the hard way, you know, for working remotely and especially running a company remotely, what would be the tips that you'd give a, a young, you know, just getting started entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, one thing which 
we were kind of talking about the call is um, just getting started, right? So like when you get into something, then you realize where the opportunities are. And most more times than not, it's not what you intended to do initially, mm-hmm. right? So you, the main thing is getting started in something and just seeing what opportunities happen after that rather than just doing a bunch of research and saying, oh, this is going to be the one thing I do. I'm going to do e-commerce and it's going to be in this niche and that's it. Reality, what will happen is you're going to get into something and you just maybe get into e-commerce and say, oh, that didn't really work out. Oh, but I learned this really cool skill set of how to build an e-commerce website and it looks like people need this type of thing. Let me pivot and go that way, right? But all of that only happens when you actually start and just dive deep into it. Um, so I think maybe what I did at the beginning was um, too much analysis before dumping into things. Um, in reality, I should have just said, like, F it, just start and just go into something. So that might be... The top tip, um, in terms of working remotely, uh, you have to be pretty planned with what you want to do. Uh, it's not just you can have a business on autopilot. I, I think passive income is a myth, and anyone who's pitching that is not is not doing a good job because if it's passive, it's only passive until someone catches up to you in terms of competition, and then it's there's no more money coming in. Um, so I think you just have to be very strict with your schedule and your work schedule when remote when you're working remote and. Um, you know, I'm not the greatest planner, but I've had to become the greatest planner with my work life and actually plan things a bit better. Um, so those would be the top two tips I'd say for someone who wants to be remote and wants to start a company. What's next uh, for you and for Made This? What are you looking forward to? You know, it's um, we're kind of growing right now and doing well at it, and I will probably take Made This to a couple um, cities myself and expand that way. One thing we're kind of pondering is um, helping other people set up different made this branches in other cities for them and make it remote for them. Um, you know, I, I think there's been some interest in doing that and pretty much creating another what I call remote local business in other cities. Um, so kind of going down that pipeline as well and trying to see how we can help other people be remote by starting some sort of made this type of business and, you know, have it ready and de-risked for them. So uh, quite a few things in the works still, still pondering. So we'll see what happens. Well, uh, if anybody's, if that sounds awesome to anybody out there, uh, where can people find you online, man? Yeah, I mean, feel free to message me directly. It's n-e-e-l at madethis.com. Drop me a line, say hello, anything. So I'm always uh, happy to talk with people. All right, man. Well, this has been an awesome interview and I'm, I'm, you know, super excited to have gotten you on here and to hear your story because I think that it's so unique and you're doing something that's different than other people, which is always so awesome to hear. So I want to say thanks again for uh, being on the show. And uh, is there anything uh, that you want to say to anybody out there before we uh, sign off? No, I mean, I just hope everyone here uh, ends up fulfilling whatever dreams they want of being remote. So Mitko, thanks for putting this on and hopefully helping people on that path. 